Hi, I'm Anthony Mindel. Welcome to In the Moment, a podcast on acting, art, and life. In this series, I'm talking to AMAW alumni, students, and clients about the challenges of acting and the joys of creating in the 21st century. For more information, go to anthonymindel.com, or you can also find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. I hope you enjoy. On today's episode, Tony chats with James Maslow about his journey through acting and how to navigate the ins and outs of Hollywood. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to In The Moment Podcast. My guest today, you're also a multi-hyphenate. I've had many multi-hyphenates on recently. Welcome, James Maslow. Such a great name. It's so like old school Hollywood. Oh, I appreciate you're like that. You're like Cary Grant. You know what's weird? There was a kid I'd always Stephen Holden. Say, say that name, my name, that name. And I'd be like, James Maslow. I'm like, is it hard for other people to say? Um, I don't know. No, I think we overthink our own names too yes. much. And is that your real name? Yeah. Oh, you're lucky. Well, yeah. nowadays, like, I think, like, you know, when I was in the business in the 90s, when I was acting, Mindel was such, like, nobody had their, like, real names. Nowadays, it's like, wherever you're from ethnically is fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just more organic and authentic, which is also a huge thing that's changed, you know, especially yeah. in music. I mean, the personas that people used to have... Uh, and these days, I think people relate to organic and truth, you know? So like, if your actual name uh, usually makes a little more sense. <laughs> they used to think it was a liability, right? Like, yeah. Or I think anonymity is completely shifted. Anonymity yeah. is well, something that's true. that people used to crave, and I still do. I'm a little old school in that regard, where my personal life and relationships, like, I don't really want to put out there, but with social media, oh, yeah, the direct all act, over If you don't, though, yeah, if you yeah, don't yeah. put it out there at least a little bit, people are, it's almost odd at this point so it's yeah. completely shifted yeah there are a few people who still are not on social media which is so awesome and i'm, I'm super envious of those people i think jennifer aniston just joined like she wasn't you well know, she was she old would... enough to where like yeah i guess it wasn't really around i'm in a weird middle ground where my career started before instagram was around um That's and, like, right. I jumped on twitter and then i was adverse to jumping on these platforms but i'm glad i did so i'm in the middle ground where i don't necessarily love having to do it but then I embrace the fact that I can connect directly with my fans and have, you know, millions of, of eyeballs when I want to promote something of my own. So it's a really cool thing. So do you have to promote or endorse? Do you get products sent to you? Yeah. I've, yeah. I mean, I've done a handful of one-off things, yeah. but I've just never been a fan. And I've worked very, very hard. I'm knocking on some wood here to keep myself in a position where I don't need to. Yeah. You know, I get paid to act and yeah. paid to sing. Yeah. And everything is going, you know, going swimmingly in, yeah. in those worlds. So... I generally say no to just random endorsements unless the products I like, you actually use. like and uh-huh. use. Although now I just onboarded, I was in New York last week onboarding a new agency for branding endorsements. So okay. back in the day, it was like, you know, I do a commercial or. Wait, an know, agency for branding, you mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Um, you know, I used to like do a commercial and they didn't give a crap about social media. Now that's part of their pitch. Yeah. They're going to go out and the next big thing I do, of course, you're going to see it on social media because it's, it's huge additional exposure, you know? So tell us, so James, you, yeah, you do, you act, you sing, you produce, you're a songwriter as well, right? Yeah. yeah so a wow. session today, right after okay. this. <laughs> well, yeah. So this is awesome. So, and you're still so young. So like, how did you, what was your big breakthrough? Well, Big Time Rush was definitely okay. the largest first Woo! thing. <laughs> okay. So tell me yeah, about yeah. Big Time Rush. Cause that wasn't like, I was too old to be on the Big Time Rush yeah, train. Yeah. Um, I'd hope so. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was. I mean, no, no, we got some. Like, that was you know, the early two thousands. Yeah, we. Okay. I, was, I was seventeen when oh, I first Jesus. auditioned. Okay, so that's two thousand seven. Oh okay, 
And, and it was like boys band esque, right? Oh yeah, it's like the monkeys, okay. right? Where Sony oh, Columbia came together with Nickelodeon and said, Hey, how do we create a legitimate band okay. to, to appease the Sony side? They can go on tour and make music and do all that. But then how do we get four guys who can also act and, and do a slapstick Show. scripted single camera comedy? So like the monkeys. Okay. Exactly. Whoa. And um, I mean, we, we paid homage to them. Partridge so family, times. in a way. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Uh, but the audition process uh, is something, I've spoken about this a little bit, but nobody really understands when you say it took two years of auditioning until mm-hmm. we actually started going, what that means. We had four screen tests. So as you well know, That's when you 17. get to the point where you're at a screen test, I mean, you know, 17 and a half at this point, it's been six months of dance auditions, right. singing, yes. studio recordings, chemistry readings, and now we get to a point where like, hey, it's four of us. Like, let's go in and let's, you know, sing and, you know, and then they go, yeah, we're going to recast. And you go, what? Oh, yeah. you're still in it, James. But like, yeah, we're just going to go look for you just in case. And yeah. you're like, okay, like try not to be offended by it. Then you wait around another six months. Like, all right, we do another screen test. Yeah. You come in, you're super psyched, a couple of new guys, a couple of same faces. That happened four times. On the uh. third time, we actually shot a whole pilot. Million dollar pilot, you know, built a pool on the front of you know, Paramount Studios. Insane thing. And then after that, when they said, yeah, we're going to go look for more. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Um, and I'm so grateful, but can you imagine being 17, 18, and we're on contract, it was $1,500 a month, which, you know, at that age, it's like, sounds good, but then when you're paying, I was paying for my own rent at 17, at that point, I had to move to LA, paying for my own gas, my own food, that doesn't, (laughs) it's losing money, and I couldn't take other jobs, so eventually, my small little agency, I was up for a Disney thing, funny enough, um, after the third or fourth screen test, it was like the last one. They went, yeah, I don't care about the whole the contract. Sue us. <laughs> no, he's going to take this job. He needs money. He needs to act. He needs to be out there. And the next day, they're like, oh, actually, we're going to move forward. Uh-huh, yeah. And so, I don't know. I'm so, so grateful because after all that, it could have been a flop. And um, it ended up being the most highly rated premiere in live action history. became the biggest Holy kid hell. show in the world. Was that on Disney? So that was, it was a Nickelodeon, on, was yeah. It was a Nickelodeon, okay. But it was took, took the Disney offer okay. for another project. It was okay. like a Disney movie of the week or something okay. for Nick to jump up. But anyways, that was nuts. But then after the two years of putting together, it did move very, it did move very quickly. Mm-hmm. And did any besides yourself, did any of the original cast make the final cut? Logan was in the first round oh, of auditioning Logan, too. Logan Henderson. Oh, Logan yeah, Henderson. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Okay, all right. Um, so he was in the first audition round as well. So okay. he really gets how difficult it was. Uh, Carlos came in the third, second or third, I think. Uh-huh. And then Kendall was the last piece in the fourth. He was the one who wasn't in the initial pilot. Uh-huh. Um, and are those guys still acting? Or are they like in the business? Carlos you know? is. Yeah. So Carlos is married now, has two kids, lives in Hawaii for the most part. Oh, like nice. totally different life. Okay, yeah. But uh, him and his, his wife, Alexa, they do, uh, they're do. they doing Hallmark movies together. Okay. Like it's such a unique situation they've put together for uh, with each other. But it's awesome because you know how many relationships are difficult to maintain when you're constantly, yeah. you're both acting in different parts of the world, different times. They've found a way where they're doing multiple films a year together and are together and they're That's working the... and it works so great for them. Yeah. Um, so they've really paved their own path and they're doing great. I think it's really hard. People don't realize how hard it is to be if you're an actor and you're shooting a movie for six months in London or something and then your partner is here. It's really hard. Even if like they can fly out or you FaceTime or, you know, I don't know if you've ever had that experience, but like. Yeah, I've, I've done both. Have you, you know? dated actresses? I have. Okay. Yeah, I don't. It's hard. I don't plan on doing right. that yeah, again. Don't do that. Yeah, you know. And Seniors, look, the shitty, the like, shitty part is you say that, then you meet somebody in LA. Yeah. Who do we meet? Well, people on set. We meet people. 
But also because we really relate to people who speak our language, you know what I mean? Which can be a blessing because you understand, right? And then when one's not working, they probably have the flexibility to go. But then when you're both working, which is ideal, you also don't see each other, which sucks. Um, I found a really unique situation. My girlfriend, Caitlin, been dating for... Current girlfriend? Yeah, we've been dating for, wow, coming up on a year. Time's flying. Anniversary. She's a model. So she understands, and not like an Instagram model. She She barely posts like real stuff there. She actually, she's crushing it, you know? She just uh, did an old Navy campaign in Ohio and shooting... She's really wanting, you know, building a proper career, and I really respect her, and I'm very proud of what she's doing. But I only say that to say that she, she's like industry adjacent. Mm, mm-hmm. She gets yeah. it, so she's not surprised when I have to, you know, she sees a movie and like I have to kiss a girl in it. She's like, you know, not excited about it, but she's she gets it, which is a weird situation to get. Right. Um, but on, you know, on the other side, she's not directly in it. There's zero competition. There's only support. So I think I found a pretty good middle ground, where she actually is getting signed in all the places that. I want to go. <laughs> I was no in Mexico worries. City for uh, my movie premiere last week. and well, That's right. You were telling me about that. We'll, yeah. We'll come back uh, Incredible. To yeah, incredible. Okay. But long story short, before she had been down there, of course, she you know, doesn't speak a word of Spanish. She's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm worried about it. She loved it so much she got signed in Mexico City. You know? Which serious? for me is great because I want to go <laughs> yeah. visit. So it's, it's working out well. Yeah. Now watch. Cut to six months from now. She's like, you know, James, I think I want to take an acting class and kind of... Well, she, she gets called surprised. in for acting roles because every pretty girl in LA is going to try to convince them to be an actress. Yeah. It's the worst possible thing you can do because even if you want to be an actress or an actor, it's difficult. Yeah. Don't just show up because somebody told you you're good looking. Like you're not gonna even if yeah, you get you a job. Yeah, you have to do the work. You got to do the yeah, work. And I, you got to love it. I work with a lot of uh, not a lot, but quite a few supermodels, and you know they're really serious about making the transition or doing both. But it, I think they they the ones that I'm working with are like, whoa, this is hard. Or they were being submitted for things that they just were not really ready for. You know yeah. what I mean? And so their learning curve is like, okay, this is a completely different muscle than modeling. Yeah, you know. It's, it's entirely different. And uh, Caitlin, my girlfriend, has no interest in really doing it. But And yet, maybe it's because she's not trying. She keeps getting like... Right. Hey, well, there's that too, right? Like know, as soon as you don't... You give zero fucks, like you all of a sudden people call you. And <laughs> but it, it, is, even when you are an actor, that's like a weird thing to learn. Yeah. Where you need to go in so fucking prepared and you want it so badly. But I swear it is like the less no, you, you need can't. it. The yeah, less no, no, you no, need you it, need it. The more likely... And also like the worst job you think you did. It's just strange how work sometimes those are the fucking straight to producers. Yeah, you walk out and you're like, oh my God, this is awful. I'm moving back to Ohio. And then you get a call. <laughs> and you're like, I yeah. don't know what I did. It was awful. Yeah. Or like the, last, like the opposite side too. Like I've had three recently for a series, like an HBO one, some, some killer auditions. Okay, that's awesome. You're getting out. Um, definitely getting out. I've really found, we could talk about the big agencies and how they don't work. Yes. <laughs> I've found uh, just really great, small, hungry, aggressive teams that are working great for me. But well, anyways, your team really, listen, I think that's an important point that we shouldn't brush over. Like sometimes yeah. actors get starry eyed about, yeah, I was just talking to, we were talking earlier about my guest uh, earlier this week and she's at a more boutique agency and she's finding it to be so much better because people really care about her there and really believe yeah. in her. You have to have, and I know your reps and it's same thing, so they're super excited about you. So they make calls and they pitch and they, they really fight for you. Whereas... You know, I think sometimes in a gigantic agency, you're one of, you know, it's you and Leo DiCaprio. You know what I mean? It's like you well, and like Brad Pitt. It's And something that I learned, and I was at CAA as, uh, across the board for many years, um, and this is a transparent thing, nothing against the agency, definitely something against the individual people who were with me, with which it. I won't yeah. name out of respect. Uh, they didn't do anything. Yeah. I commissioned them on the largest financial years of my life uh, at the time. 
maybe even to date, you know, and they literally never procured another opportunity Whoa. because they just didn't care. They were already making the money and they were focusing on the people who were, get, you know, doing the 10, 20, 30 million dollar paydays. Yeah. And even though mine were pretty darn good, they weren't quite there. Yeah. And their overhead is so much so yeah. that they no. can't justify working on a small financial project. For sure. Indie which, films, how do you develop clients yeah. No, 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 it's hard. But wait, they, so, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. I was just, I have so many thoughts about this. But James, so wait, so were you, but when you had, so this was post big time rush, yeah? So it was during. Oh, it was um, during. So did you move over there? I did. But unless they renegotiated for you, they wouldn't be able to get, you know. They did. I moved over after season one. So then they They sold it. it. So uh, they you know, the 10 agents at the so, table across the board. Yeah. I'd known their history. I actually just finished the Michael Ovitz book, which was so interesting. Oh, really? Um, oh, it's, okay. it's, it's, you should read it. Okay, and maybe I will. Who maybe is I'll Michael Ovitz? Okay. Absolutely. It's, okay, it's yeah. real, the stories he tells. I mean, he's okay. one of the, you know, first founders. But anyways, something, who uh, is Michael Lovitz? That's right. That's the okay, name yeah. of the book, yeah. Okay. But I digress. Look, they can do wonderful things, but look, if you're a young actor and you're listening to our little podcast here, I, I highly encourage you to go to a smaller place. Because until you are the Leo size, they, they financially can't even justify yeah. doing the work for you. I that's remember right. going for an independent film that was actually Schedule F, which means it would have been $65,000 for the lead. Which to like any actor, you start that's still a lot of money, but yeah. that's an independent project. Right. That at ten percent of sixty five thousand, I had an agent at CA tell me it's not worth our attorney's time to do your to contract, even do it. Mm-hmm. which yeah, is see. crazy, you know. But that's that's how they work. They, well, I think it's becoming even more monolithic, monolithic in that regard, you know. And I think, I think it's it's interesting that I you know I've been teaching, I've been in the business for what twenty four years, and I've had the school for twenty two, and. To me, it started out more boutique agencies and then, you know, the big three or whatever. Uh, I mean, the big three have been around forever, right? But then they kind of melded and molded and became even bigger corporatized. And and then a lot of smaller agencies, like I remember like in the mid-2000s, late-2000s, the, the financial crisis, like a lot of the some really great small mid-sized agencies completely went belly up, right? Mm-hmm. Or they were folded into the big companies. And now I'm seeing like your reps and uh, like Cassie was telling me, you know, actors were telling me where they are. Like they're really not only boutique, but they're really, they have great clients and they're becoming, I don't know. I think it's becoming more specialized. You know what yeah. I mean? And they can still be very effective, which I think yeah, has always think been the theory changed. going to a small place is, well, CEA is going to package me or WME is going to package me. There's so much opportunity these days. You know, it's like 900 shows, scripted shows on TV or something, actually, these days, that the boutique ones oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely can be effective. And for leads and such, too. I mean, people are looking for talent again. I think, yeah, instead of just for made. sure. But I also think, you know, James, there's a lot of talk that, like, somebody like CAA, they're not, most of their money is not being made off of talent anymore, and they're going to continue to become, you know... It's corporate. It's corporate, yeah. corporate, corporate. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, I think their their sports is a lot larger division. revenue than yeah, yeah, yeah. acting at this yeah. point. And then their other just investments in general. You know, real estate. I mean, they've gotten into I so know. many. I was just going to say they like they might even be in the oil industry. You know what I mean? Like it's so crazy. We don't know where their holdings are. Yeah. And like, but you know, I also think it's going to be interesting. Who knows where actors are going to be wrapped in five or ten years from now? You know, it's changing so much. You know, so with I, that, listen, that was great. You were there, and then you realized, like, bigger isn't always better. Yeah, you well, know? And here's here's actually kind of a beautiful bit of irony and a justification for my little wild path of the last 10 years. 
I, I remember being told very specifically from UTA, WME, CAMA. I don't know if I actually didn't meet at WME, but they're the big ones, a bunch of big ones. Um, you're either here across the board or we don't want to rep you. I actually just hired back CAA specifically for a music music project okay, yeah. uh, the other month, right. and they're ecstatic because right. I built enough value there where nobody's arguing. I'm like, right. you're not going to get anything else. My right. team is crushing it, but you can have this project. And again, you build enough value, they didn't care. Right. They're excited about yeah. it, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if we can talk about that project on here yet. That's but, awesome. Uh, that it, it is cool. So, you know, just don't listen to the old school agent bullshit of like, you know, say no to everything. And then, you know, when it's perfect, you say yes, you know. Work begets work. And another one that drives me crazy is like, well, we either want you for everything or nothing. They generally don't work together. The big ones that say all the team is our best friends, no, they're, no, not. No, they're not. They have no idea what digital's doing yeah. when they're focused on music or... It's yeah, crazy. No, it's, it's a, that's a really good point. Also, like, not saying... I've always found that, you know, work begets work because it's not just the work, it's who you meet. 100%. And then all of a sudden you meet your lover on set or you meet your writing partner or you meet a producer who wants to like shoot th their next movie with you in the lead. But if you say no to it, you know, I mean, I'm always like say no to things that like morally or ethically, you know what I mean? But like to me, all work is a learning experience yeah. and you never know what's going to happen. You just never know. You know, it reminds me of a Dustin Hoffman quote. He's got so many good ones over the, <laughs> the many decades he's yes. been doing this. But uh, this resonated with me when I heard it. Like 20 years ago, I was very young. Uh, my dad or somebody was like, yeah, you, you would always say there are no small roles, only small actors. <laughs> and, uh, there are a lot was of small actors. Was that a Dustin Hoffman quote? Because I know that quote. Yeah, I believe he, it was. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Because he's not a particularly large fella. Right. And, oh, that's right. That's so funny. Yeah. And I, I just love that. And But you've heard the other quote from, not Peter O'Toole. Oh, shit. The really famous British actor who was in um, uh, Marathon Man. Okay. Do you ever hear this? Which is hilarious. So he was in Marathon Man. And did you ever see that movie? It's a really great I movie. So. Like a thriller. Okay. Um, oh, God. Uh, I, can, I can see the British actor. He's like probably in his 80s now. But anyway, he, um, he was at the top of his game at that time. And Marathon Man, Dustin Hoffman was the lead where... I don't know what he got caught up in, but basically this heavy was like, um, they were after him in the movie and then they caught him and then they were, I just remember this violent scene where they were going to pull his teeth out, right? It was mm -hmm. really like painful to watch. Like yeah. his teeth being pulled out. And Dustin Hoffman's character was supposed to have been stayed awake for like three days in a row. So he tried to do that, yeah. right? He was trying to be so method and... This actor, I should look it up. I should have a resource person here always finding <laughs> right? like my info. But this actor was like, fuck, who is it? Anyway, he was like, just try acting, my dear. It's much yeah, yeah, easier. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, I do remember, yeah, like, that, just act it. Just do it. Fake it, you know? And I yeah. think it's really funny. So apparently, he was, you know, three days of not sleeping. It was quite irritable on sets. Yes, no, no, for sure. And like trying to like find the guy. And we have yeah. all been on sets where you got the guy who's doing that. Yeah. And I, I always, I, you know, I wondered as a younger actor too, like, are they going to do a better performance now? And I've just seen so much of it. I'm like, nope, on screen, that person did just as good a job as that yeah. person, but I like that person. Yeah. And that's going to continue to get you work. People want to work with people they like these days. Like, don't be a fucking asshole and justify it's because, you know, of your artistic credibility. It's, it's just think, unnecessary. I think that nowadays, I, I, for the podcast, I interviewed Amber Horn and Danielle Ferrio. I don't know if you know them, casting, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever gone in there. But they were saying how nowadays they don't have to cast assholes because there's so many actors and they just, they don't, yeah. they don't have to like put up with bad behavior. So just somebody comes in and they're like pleasant and then they get a call back and like, 
yeah, I think that's important for the listeners to remember is like, I always say acting is so fun. Like we just want to hang out with fun people. So if you're already presenting yourself in a way that seems to be disagreeable, why would you want to be on set with somebody? Especially for, for a series. Cause it's oh, not God, just yeah. a series is years of your life. You know, it's not like one movie where somebody's got to deal with you for a couple of months and then you never see him again. They're looking for somebody they want to spend every day on set with. Not only who's good, but yeah. beyond having the skill set. Like, you got to be good enough, but I swear, there's so much more that plays into it, and being pleasant is a big part of it yeah. these days. There's a lot of stories of, I know, I have certain actors who've been on sets, shows where at, by season two, everybody hates each other, and you know what I mean? The lead comes to set, like, late, like three hours late. Like, you know, it's like high school. Yeah, I've been so lucky that I've worked on really wonderful projects and haven't had... You haven't really had too, too much, much of that. that. Mm-hmm. But I've also found that, you know, when I've been lucky enough to be number one on the call sheet or really, you know, up there, right? Oh, you set the, the tone, you set right? The tone. You're really setting it. Yeah. Um, and I've had some instances where I've had to, at least I felt the obligation to go to someone else who wasn't, you know, coming in, you know, was late or rude. Even though, you know, if I wasn't a producer on it, sometimes just by sh- just doing it right, hmm. uh, I don't know if right's the right word, doing it oh, respectfully it. and well, yeah. showing up like, what is, do, what is doing it right? Showing up on time and knowing your fucking lines. Like, that is the bare bones of your job. And when people don't at least come up to that, like, I've taken people aside and like, dude, come on. You know? Like, get with it. Even people who are twice my age, three times my age, sometimes when it's that obvious, I've done it privately and respectfully. Right. But uh, it's, it's your job, man. If you're leading, leading the show, lead by example. Were they like, did they hear you? <laughs> there was one in particular, weirdly enough, it was on the movie where we first met... I don't want to say much more than oh, that, yeah. but okay. we, it was up Maybe in. We uh, could deduce. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't in this country. It was okay, in another in country. It was okay. <laughs> there was somebody on that show, uh, on that movie, that was acting inappropriate towards a young girl. Someone who, I mean, she was 18 or 19, but had to play a very sexual scene, uh-huh. had to be something she's more revealing than she's usually with. Uh-huh. In, a, in a situation like that, you need the entire set to come together and, and make that person feel, feel comfortable yeah, so they yeah. can do their best work. Yeah. You know, plus it's just a human. You need to feel safe in yeah, those yeah. moments. And it was just, it was so blatantly inappropriate what was happening uh, several times where everybody was uncomfortable and nobody, including the producers, stepped up to say anything because this guy had a name. Whoa, was okay. And eventually I couldn't take it and I pulled him aside and went, you're a grown ass man. Watch what you're fucking saying. Do you know what I mean? And I said it's something along those lines. I'm like, dude, I'm like, are you? And, I, and it woke him up where he he apologized. He just was in a different, you know. Right. And he wasn't a bad Come guy, a maybe just or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it woke him up, and yeah. I was scared as a young man to do that. Trust me, especially yeah. somebody that I'd known and seen, and um, he's doing great work as an actor. But that doesn't justify any other stuff. Um, and I, you know, I'm glad that he he turned it around, and uh, we got got to continue. But sometimes. Even producers are going to be afraid to step up and do the right thing. I well, mean, that speaks to a point where they are. I mean, I, I know a few stories. I can't obviously name names, but where the producers know that the person who's number one on the call sheet and the lead of the show, even if they're setting a terrible example and they're engaging in bad behavior, they can't, they have a huge, you know, the franchise that the person leads, they are the franchise in a way. So to remove them or to even talk to them about bad behavior they're very scared because they're... Financial Yeah, risk. yeah, yeah, for sure. So, but it's terrible because then it just leads to... But listen, we see that in all aspects of the work, right? Like not not just our business, like all businesses where the person keeps getting kicked down the lines because nobody really wants to be accountable because they're... Look at our government. Like I'm always <laughs> saying like people are scared to come forward and say anything 
you know, against our president because they know that, you know, if they've been lifelong civil servants, let's say, if you work in the CIA or the FBI, and he says terrible things about people who, you know, do their jobs, like, so well, their lifelong pension and health is going to be taken away from them. They'll be booted out. And there's a lot of so, people, and you can understand why they'd be afraid to risk yeah, that's, something that important. It's you know? really kind of, um, I'm not advocating that. I think sometimes you have to, you know, I don't know. It's just really yeah. tricky, but... Yeah, I'm open. But that. it's changing. I guess I that's the point so. I of all say, this. I hope that we're moving in a new era where yeah. there's zero tolerance for bad behavior. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't know, James. It's like, there's, I think this business does support still, though. Um, yeah, because of the money tied to it. You know what I mean? And I think to a degree that'll always be there. But people are far less afraid to stand up for what they believe in these days. That's true. And let's they only continue out. to encourage that, you know? Well, I think because of the platforms, whether we like them or not, you know, yeah. give people sort of... They give them a voice. Independent yeah. Independence to do it, yeah. So, yeah, so we met... Uh, yeah, I'm so proud of you because you've just been really, like, Thanks. you've done the work and you've been in class and you're working it out and, like... I'm still in class. I'm I still know. learning. <laughs> it's, really, it's really commendable and I, I always have... I always. I'm so always so emotional about it because I think it's like actors can get stuck in this idea that once they're working or once they're famous or once they have everything, you know, like the 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 box is checked that they stop growing, I think, in some ways. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're not the same person you were five years ago. So your own understanding of yourself in the work changes. And even a couple of years ago. Yeah, even you know, a especially yeah. as a, you know, I'm only twenty years young. old. You're young. Um, oh my god, it's only gonna get better. James, you're going to only get better. But what's exciting is that being in class, I'm not just saying this because it's you and we're here and it's your school. Whether it's your school or any other class, it's an opportunity to continue to try new things. Yeah. And even at my place where like a lot of times I walk in rooms and I'm greeted with like, hey, good to see you. Or the assistant's a fan or something like that, which is really cool and it makes you feel good. There's still a fear and there's still... And so much of that is alleviated by going into class and just trying out weird stuff. Like getting, having that fear happen in the black box, right. you know, or in the room. Yeah. Where then it's just, it's a lot less daunting once you're there. Versus if it's the first time you've read the piece in front of casting directors, like, you can't really expect that to go perfectly. It's, yeah. it's not going to. I also think it speaks to sort of, to me, the X factor of you go in and you, you do an audition. And because you've been in class and class is stretching people, I can only speak for, of our school in such an extraordinary way that even if you don't feel like you crushed it in the audition, that there's something alive and happening. It's, it's technique based, right? You're listening and you're processing and you're available in a way that even on our worst days, we're like, oh, that sucked. I, I have found invariably that there's something more going on in the actor because they just they have more going on because they've been working it. It's like going to the gym. I mean, if I'm healthier and I can lift more weight or I can run on the treadmill longer, then the next thing that I have to do that feels harder, what I've done setting me up for that has prepared me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Did I, yeah, 100%. that makes sense. Well, it's, yeah. it's, it's a muscle. Yes, yeah. like it is a muscle. muscle you know? yeah. Anything you do more frequently, you're going to become more comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, look at, you know, back to Outliers. The 10,000 hours is a real oh, thing. I love Malcolm Gladwell. You know? Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think this year is reading at least a new book a month. And so, okay. And, uh, What's your book this month? Uh, I, I just uh, uh, just finished... Um, You're like, oh God, I don't know the title I have a stack of... <laughs> I just finished the uh, Mike Lovitz one for uh, oh, right. last okay, month. Yeah, that. And okay. I've started uh, The Big Whale. Um, oh, yeah. Which is, I've heard great things about. Who is that? Do you remember who that's by? I'll have I'm to look it up. Yeah, but I have heard about that. 
this at this point, this if anybody gives me a book recommendation, I, phys- I Amazon the physical copy. I don't really do the Kindles. I don't like it. Yeah. I feel less motivated. Like yeah. 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 But also, then you see them sitting on yeah, your yeah, you know, yeah. coffee you table, and I feel bad if I haven't like gotten it down a little bit in a month or two. I should so. do that. This is good. You have your own book of the month club, basically. basically it's the James yeah. Basil book of the month club. But you know, I used to. I've always loved reading and writing, and, and yet then I found myself for years. Oh my lord! I've been talking to my friends about books, and I felt like I wasn't pursuing a continued high, you know, higher education. I felt like an idiot. I'm like, what did I like? Screw this! I like it, and it just so it's almost appeasing my own ego. Yeah. Um, by doing this and having it there, and frankly, it buys me a lot of wonderful time. Whether I'm at a doctor's office or a uh-huh. fucking audition. Yeah. Sometimes Rather you're sitting the there forever. Yeah, sitting on Instagram. Like, a, I feel like you look like everybody else. And B, what are you really learning? You're you're killing brain cells. Bring a book with you. Well, they also say that we, because of social media, that we're now reading vertically, which is so scary, that we don't read across. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. We read down now. <laughs> so, I don't know. I have a new book coming out. Ooh, look, maybe you'll add this to your book of the month there club, James. In May, my new book. And it's, I mean, it's acting related, of course, but it's, they're like, it's like short stories of my life. But, um, but I'm like, oh God, do people read anymore? But I think they do. I get, I still get a lot of shout outs from people who are like, oh my God, I read Book the Fucking Job and it's really so, yeah. you know what I mean? Which so is super motivating, by the way. You know, last, when I first joined your school, I jumped, uh, grabbed that book. Thank I you. think that everything, the pendulum has it swung yeah, and it's right. coming back. It, it goes to both sides. Yeah. And there's good and bad about both. But yeah. I think people, the more social media grows, I think especially the younger generation, like, yes, they might be on TikTok and doing that. Are you on TikTok? Not yet. You're gonna be I just, when, I, I, when you announce this new project. You're yeah, doing, I might do it for that project. <laughs> I don't know. Look, I, I probably could do it today and get a million followers and be yes. exciting. But like, oh I just fucking can't bring myself to I have know. another social platform right now. But anyways, I think the point is that people are craving real experiences That's almost right. more than ever because they've been so deprived of them. You know, social media, ironically, is the opposite of being social. But that's why, like, yeah. in the music side of my life, I started a DJ group. I'm going out and playing festivals. I think this is where people are getting their escape. And you look at the markets, I mean, festivals and experiences are growing considerably. You mean, like, music festivals? Music festivals, yeah. going uh-huh. out, experiences. Airbnb now has a list of experiences, right? Versus uh-huh. just going and renting a house. And I only say that to say, like, when I've looked at, you know, my portfolio investments, what's going down is people spending money on clothes. Uh-huh. People having tangible things. Uh-huh. They don't really care about it anymore. So we're seeing a trend which in, in a great direction, I think. And I think that actually might relate to people wanting to read more because it hasn't been cool for 10 years. What did they say? Like, what does Airbnb say? What do they sell as the experience? Not just the place, but also, like, is there a festival thrown into it as well? So or is it in conjunction with an event? It's a brilliant example city? of what I'm talking about where locals from any city uh-huh. put up the, whatever they're good at. Like, hey, I'm in Venice Beach, let's say, and I wanted to host, you know, six-person surfing, $75, four hours. You can huh. book that through the app now, okay. which is brilliant. Yeah, it, it grew their business so it's tremendously. more like, um, oh, God, what was that? Um, I think it was ahead of its time. I think it's still around. When you pay to take a class, but it's like, um, it's like a Groupon thing. The experience. Remember Groupon? Yeah, yeah. Where like, okay, I want to take a surfing class, and mm-hmm. you get, like, a whole, um, yeah, you get six classes classes for the price of one yeah. or whatever so you're paying yeah. for an experience okay, you know versus airbnb is doing that yeah i mean that's just one big example of it well everybody like please walmart is having its own did you know walmart is going to have its own channel like yeah. they're working on i know it's nuts Who like, i know no i mean <laughs> i always say like bp oil is going to have its please they do like it's all like and, and indirectly marketing trust me they have money in entertainment let's be real i know it's crazy i just don't know where it ends like for me like I think there's just, it's too much. 
it's too much. I get sent actors all the time and, you know, oh, they're on this show. Or, and I'm, I'm so glad because I want actors to be working and I'm glad that they are. But I don't even track half of the things, you know. It's, I think it's, it's just digital wasteland in a way sometimes, you know. And I, I tend to agree, you know. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm a content maker, so I feel sometimes... Ah, you know, and yeah, then occasionally you... you do watch the TikTok or Vine back in the day, and on occasion you go, "Yeah, that was funny." <laughs> so look, good quality exists no matter the length. Yeah, I think you true. and I pride ourselves on the fact we've done so many long form movies and TV that we like it more. But when you're good, you're good, and so that's where I'm trying to wrap my head around. Like, yeah, most of it is shit. Most of it, I think, is dumb. It's literally people going and like well, pranking somebody or hitting them in the face, and like that's comedy. That's not comedy. But some of it really is done well. And like, if we're going to do it, anybody listening, you, I, be creators, like, try and do it in a way that you're proud of. Yeah. Well, I'm always saying, like, create the thing that you want to see or create the thing you wish existed. You know what I mean? Because that's the only thing that can drive us from a place of passion. But I also think, like, look at you were on a show when you were 17. And I think we forget that so much of it is youth driven, right? And so when I see a lot of things on Netflix or I have a lot of students who are on certain shows, I'm like, oh God, I'm getting really old because this feels so much for a teen market. Like I don't, I, I don't really get it, you know, and I'm not like an old fuddy duddy, but sometimes I'm like, oh my God, this business is so for teens in a way. You know what I mean? A lot of it is, sure. Because it's, it's also the consume, they, they consume so much, you know? Yeah, we have a lot more free time. Yeah. <laughs> and Except weirdly really enough, they don't have money. You know what I mean? But that's so, why they're doing it. For, they're consuming for free. Their parents yeah. are paying for unlimited data. Well, that's true. The parents are doing it. And that's what's interesting about a lot of like the YouTubers and influencers. I remember even just a couple of years ago, studios were writing a massive checks to go and create their own content and put them in movies. But that's shifting. That's changing well, because that's, their fans are not used to paying money to see That's it. right. So they're not showing up to the theater. I, I mean, I used to work with quite a few. I mean, I still do, but I remember... I had worked with some really big Vine influencers, like mm-hmm. the biggest, really. And and a couple of them were really serious about acting and were in class. And I really, again, I commended that and respected them for that. But I think that experiment of watching how their fans, like you said, didn't necessarily go to their other platforms because they were used to... Uh, consuming their content on the platform that they grew up with. So they didn't want to go watch somebody on a movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's like, and I think it also speaks to our listeners because I think sometimes people get freaked out. Like you have millions of followers, but they don't. So they're like, Oh my God, what am I going to do? But I haven't found necessarily that for most jobs that I am privy to, they don't necessarily, you don't get cast James, just maybe for branding stuff and maybe for ancillary stuff. Yes. But most casting they want to know that you have a social media presence, but you're not going to get passed up just because you have no. a thousand followers. First and, and foremost, you need to be right for the job. Yeah, you know? that's totally it. Every now and then. But if you're going in for an HBO show or a Showtime show or, or just anything, really, I don't think actors have to worry about it. I don't think so yeah. at all. And you can't, uh, short of buying your followers, what are you going to do about it? You just, you have to curate it. But I'm telling you, even with, you know, I am lucky enough to have millions of them. That's never come up. Like, yeah. if my reps are smart, and this is what we've spoken about, here's where it can be an edge if it's me and one other person, yeah. and we're both good enough for the, you know, right for the job and great, maybe then they maybe. can use it. But that, even then, it's a maybe, right? Yeah. So why stress yourself out about yeah. it? Yeah. Because it's, it's almost irrelevant. Those networks are at a size at this point where they're going to put millions of dollars into branding. They know they get, you get on their network, you're going to have a million followers overnight, and then it'll, it'll fuel the fire. It's not something worth stressing about, man. And also, to your point, 
a lot of mine, let's say they came from comedy or a kid show or music, mm-hmm. I go and do a dark, edgy, independent role, which I've been lucky enough to do a handful of. They're not necessarily the right fan base for that. That's right. So it, it doesn't necessarily right. translate. It doesn't all translate. Time, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Especially because you were you broke in in a way that was. Yeah, you're right. Like it's 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 easier sometimes for people who are already doing that kind of. Well, listen, that also speaks to. Sorry, I'm going off on tangents, but that speaks to also not just our the fans, but also how Hollywood is more comfortable with boxing people in based on how they know you. Mm-hmm. So if you're an independent filmmaker, it's really difficult sometimes to get to like, you know, a $50 million movie or you, yeah. you direct movies in the 5 million range and now you're trying to jump up or you're a soap opera actor and you want to make the break into something. It's really difficult. And, uh, and also you have to just keep moving forward and know that people feel more comfortable defining you as they see you than potential, you know? Of course. That's always been how it is, and I don't think it's necessarily going to change any time, but the one thing that motivates me, keeps me going, even knowing that, is it can take, it only takes one project, one role, that's right. one, one song, person a musician, to see you, that completely shifts you. it, you right. know? Yeah. And you never know which one it's going to be. It could be the, you know, big Lionsgate project you were a small part of, or it could be the lead in the indie. It doesn't matter. It just goes back to all you can do is do damn good work. You know, put your best foot forward, try things, be weird. Go in and be weird. Sometimes yeah. it is. Is things are like I am yeah. artist. Did this like random New Zealand character just for shits and giggles on a YouTube thing, and then somebody sees it and goes, "Holy fuck, let's make a show about this." Right. You know, and like yeah, know. I've seen that happen yeah. quite a bit, and that's inspiring. That's hilarious. So, like I was just, I was, I was just at a fucking voiceover. I just hired a voiceover agent oh, yesterday, oh, okay, awesome. which I'd never really considered. And then they came to me through my reps, the same ones that you love. Yeah, like down the hall and. It, it just it made me realize like all these little characters I played as a kid growing up which got me to acting right they're like we love that let's put them on tape and so now I'm you know building a new vertical of my career just for having fun and I think that's the, goes back to the basis you know back to what we were talking about you need to have fun with it and there's nothing else why yeah. do it if we're not having fun you really shouldn't be in this industry if you don't oh my love god it. yeah there's too it. much stacked against us to not have fun and you gotta you have know. fun practicing too it's yeah. like it's like no, for sure. taking up an instrument yeah. I always equate these. If you're practicing guitar and you hate it and you're forced to practice, you're never going to be as good as the kid who doesn't look at it as practice. The kid who's just there all day, every day, because he play. fucking loves yeah, it. Yeah. You know? It's learning, it's play, it's exploration. Yeah. I think we like what we're always talking about in class is like remembering like the kid. Like I always say, like, what is the name of this thing that we're doing? It was called a play. The Greeks called it a play, which, by the way, comes from... Uh, it, the the a literal meaning came from a skit it meant a skit with goats. <laughs> that was the original. Greek. I know it's so yeah. creepy and weird, but well, I mean, maybe they had goats. goats in like the pastures. I don't know, but like fun, frivolity, you know, play, movement. Maybe they meant they want the greatest of all time actors. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> they right, had yes. that term way that's back way when. We like we got to use the, the goats acronym. in our skits. That's hilarious. Know, that's real dumb. So James, what's <laughs> next? So what's next for you? I mean, I know you have an upcoming project that we can't really talk about today, but hopefully by the time this comes out, it will be announced. Yeah. Well, uh, on the music side, um, I'm going to be releasing a lot of music with my group LTX. I just started this. My best friend is a DJ group. Yeah, I've seen that on your posts on social media. Yeah, we played Chicago, a couple places, a couple clubs uh, last month, and we just got announced uh, playing main stage at Summer Camp Festival. So oh, cool. we're very okay. excited and we're going to have a lot of original music coming out with that soon. Is it just the two of you then? It's like a... Just the two of us. Think kind of like chain smokers, you know? There's okay. two of them in the oh, DJ, cool. but they actually write and produce their own music too. So similar. And my best friend Eugene Ugorski is uh, one of the most... He's a prodigy. He literally is perfect pitch. 
He wow. used her cell phone ring, but like, yeah, F sharp, suspended seventh. Oh, shit. Um, okay. And he became the biggest violinist in the world. I was going to say, I know that, that name. I, I mean, so... Like, and I'm not really in the music world, but... He's been doing it since uh, we... I mean, he was five years old. Uh-huh. Uh, when we were 17, one little example, I saw him sell up the Hollywood Bowl with him as a violinist and the Whoa. entire LA Philharmonic backing him up. And that was the smallest show on his tour. So, <laughs> kid's brilliant. And he's also been my best friend for 15 years. Uh-huh. So, we had a bit so, of a... Does he play the violin then while you guys are well, doing your music? Is, I mean, he as will. part of the music? Uh, That'd be so he cool. He will. We're, when the time is right and the venue's Because doesn't Lizzo play the... No, she plays the flute. But like, Lizzo plays a few you know instruments. Yeah, so and it's cool. very unique. I love that when they do Oh that. my God. When people see him take out the violin oh, and yeah. blend it into electronic music. Yes, that would be so awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's something... So I'm going to be singing on some songs. Okay. Uh, we might incorporate some dance because of my background for certain festivals. Okay. Like, there, of course, it'll be traditional yeah. DJing when we're in clubs and such, but hopefully when we do live stuff, um, well, hopefully, definitely, we'll incorporate a lot of these elements. And what's it called again? The LTX. Group? LTX, okay. So we're very excited about that. And then so there's, there's another that. music project, which yes. is the one I brought CAA back on board for. Uh, you know, depends on when this comes out, because yes. we're going we're to announce this in a big way, but uh, I've already said enough if this is coming out before then. Yeah. We're very excited about it. I'm actually in the studio pretty much every day this month. Writing for, for a, a proper new sound, a new single. Uh-huh. Pretty sure anybody can pick up on what you I'm saying. They'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. But we'll hold until yeah, this yeah, kind yeah. Of comes out. But so. very excited. And I think That's that there's also two, these two music projects of mine live in such different worlds. Yeah. They're only going to be a complement to each other. Uh-huh. So. Well, for our listeners who are clever, it's just that, you know, that tried and true saying, everything old is new again. Yeah. And <laughs> in fact, true. this day and age, yeah, no, oh my God. reboots, yeah, rebrand. Reboots. Yeah. They're they're bigger than they ever yeah, were when know, they started. So you know? nuts. Again, because of the drive for content. You know what I mean? Content did you and know nostalgia making... too. It's like you know when we we always did want you... to think back to like these times 10, 20 years ago, and we were just nostalgia. Yeah. That's true. Maybe it's like comfort in the familiarity. You know, one of my one of our students um, at our LA school just booked the lead. She's playing. Clarice Starling in a reboot of Silence of the Lambs. So, wow. like, I mean, yeah, they are rebooting, remaking, reconfiguring everything. Clarice, yeah. All right, let's do <laughs> our. Right. Let's do my. Here, I'm taking out of the drawer. Let's do our speed round. I like to end with the okay, speed let's round. Okay, do it. This was awesome. Um, and then I got a bunch of movies coming out too. Oh yeah, okay. Because you were just, yeah, but you were just. You There's were, one in theaters I, right now yes, called My fuck. Boyfriend's Meds. Okay, My Boyfriend's um, Meds. And okay. you know, stars kind of Camille and Brooke Shields, Jason Alexander. Kevin from The Office, Brian Bumgarner, and it's a brilliant cast. I'm lucky to be a part of that. I opened that film. And that's what you were in Mexico for, for the premiere? Yeah, down okay. there, it started in like 3,000 theaters, something oh, wow. crazy. Okay. The States started about 500, might okay. be growing. Um, and that's out now? That's out now, okay. and then I have uh, four other movies that I lead uh, that are independent, so I can do some festival circuits. One's a big World War II film, one is a raunchy comedy, so... Awesome. I'll show you some of that stuff uh, okay, yeah. off tape, yeah. Okay, that's awesome. I can't wait to help promote it and get it out there. I appreciate it. Um, okay, if you weren't an actor, what would you be? Always uh, loved architecture. Oh, really? Um, I yeah. can see you could play an architect. I mean, that'd be so... My sister was got her master's in architecture, and I realized how much math was involved and decided oh, not to not pursue Not to it. do that, uh, yeah. I've always been good at math. I just have always hated it. Yeah. <laughs> so, but I think, you know, con- you know constructing something... Uh, from scratch, you know, it is being an artist in another sense. So, love that. Acting is architecting too, in a way. You know what I mean? Like the design and execution of like how we think of it in our mind, and then how it actually plays out in real form. You know yeah. what I mean? Not to get all heady, but oh, you know what I mean. Less specific math. Yes, we can take more right. circuitous routes to get to where we need <laughs> That's to go. Right. 
which wouldn't be uh, fantastic for the foundation of a building, let's see. But I also think, but, no, like, I but I also think, like, life itself is an arch. If you believe in like Buddhist philosophy, which I do, is like you know, it's not mind over matter; it's mind mind into matter. Like it, we are architecting our own experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like the things that we dwell on and are shaping our experience. So that's okay. That's interesting. Uh, what's your favorite film of all time? That sounds so dramatic. I always say, but. You know, I kind of go or for just the, favorite film. I go for to the easy answer and go to the, you know Zoolander. Okay. Oh, just really? Because it's so funny. I think I've had another guest who said Zoolander. But that then it That's leads so into random. like Tropic Thunder, okay, which I've similar never seen similar Tropic cast. Thunder. What's frustrating about it is that there's so many jokes that were laugh out loud that you couldn't make today. No, I was going to say I don't think it's probably and, political. But if you try and take away the sensitivities of it, it's just a brilliant cast. Okay. With so so many jokes in it, just nonstop brilliant writing and acting that. You can watch it five times and laugh at different parts each time. Huh, okay. I need to watch that. I have... Okay. But then, like, Boondock Saints is probably just one of my favorite classic, oh. you know, non-comedies. Yeah. Yeah. Who... Do you remember who directed that? I should know this as a favorite. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I was just... I need my, my reference guy here as well. I was thinking that other movie the other day, because I know Dito Montiel, who's the director of um, A Guide to My... A Guide to... Oh, God. What's it called? A Guide to My Saints, I think, is another movie that was like sort of a, a cult classic. Uh, directed by uh, Troy Duffy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, just, you know. Who was in it again? Like, this is where I discovered Norman Reedus. You know, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, that's right. That. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, like, you know, Willem Dafoe. Yeah. Oh, God. Just Have you seen The Lighthouse? Oh, Lighthouse. He's, he's just. Oh, my God, great. James. It's so amazing. It's too art house for people, but that's why I don't think it got. Like, they were great in it, by the way. It's worth. Somebody's doing it in class. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Somebody did it last night in class. Uh, what's one thing you can't do without? Can't do without. Mm-hmm. I like warm weather. I was just in New York and it was okay. frigid. All right. You like. <laughs> I prefer it. Yeah. Venice Beach weather. Yeah. Okay. Do you surf? I do. Oh, okay. Perfect yeah. for you. Who's your celebrity crush? It can be male or female. It's gender, not specific. I haven't thought about this in a long time. Uh, growing up, it was uh, uh, Emma Watson because of Harry Potter. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> but she right... was good in Little Women. Yeah, just no, came she's out. great. I, I don't, I honestly no don't No celebrity know. crushes. You can say it even though you have a girlfriend. No, of course I can. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not thinking out loud here. Dua Lipa. Gorgeous. Oh, she's great. Yeah. Okay. Let's throw it out there. Uh-huh. Okay, great. How would you describe acting in one word? In one word. That's right. <laughs> Play. Let's go back to what we were talking ding, about. Ding, ding, ding. I need to get a bell and things here. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Play okay. is a good answer. And my final question is, how do you define love? What's your definition of love? Again, a deep question I haven't put too much thought into, but... Even though there's different levels of love, I think that uh, a huge part of it is something that you can, or someone I suppose, you can give all of yourself to and feel that that's equally reciprocated. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, it comes acting, which we're talking about a lot in this. If you're giving and giving and giving, you don't feel that you're getting enough back out of it, then uh, you might be in love with something that's not right. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you could do it as a hobby, but genuinely love it and just have the most fun ever mm-hmm. for like that person to have the better chance of doing it. Like mm-hmm. that's when it's the right fit. And yeah, same with the person. Point. If you yeah. feel like you're giving constantly, you're not reciprocating. It's not a, that's well, not the right fit. Not the right love. Yeah. yeah, no, that's not the right love. That's right. It can be a love, but yeah, I always say that I define love by this moment just right now. 
I like that. Yeah. Just who I'm with and what we're talking about. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's my and, pleasure. Uh, so James, share with our listeners where they can find you and your music. Uh, back to the socials, probably. Yeah, of course, yes, yeah. just <laughs> at James Maslow, Instagram, Twitter. That's Facebook. his real name, people. Yes, James yes, Maslow. <laughs> where and are you from originally again? I was born in New York, but oh, grew up in okay. San Diego. I moved when I was oh, pretty shit. young. Okay, yeah. all right. You thought I was Canadian for the longest time. I did. Because we forever, met in Vancouver. Even just up until last week, I was like, hey, Canadian. Nothing wrong about it. No, no, no. Because well, also you're so sweet. So I always like, you know, about my Canadians. I'm going to our Toronto school in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I'm always like, Canadians, you're too damn nice. Because you are. You're a nice guy. Which is a beautiful it. quality to have. Just not in our acting. We want to break that. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, But you have. So, okay. So on the socials, James Maslow. And you're, tell them about your... Uh, your band again and where, where are you playing next although that might have might have been expired by the time this comes out yeah so uh, this we're playing uh, Do you have, like, end of May so maybe not okay uh, LTX we're going to be the main stage uh, of Summer Camp Festival okay. which is just outside of Chicago do you have like a website or anything that has a calendar that they can track or you uh, just jamesmazzo.com is my website okay, but cool. it's not currently updated okay well okay. I, my, my digital guy is uh, I, we're, we're switching teams okay so, but uh, anybody I'm, who likes your music will be able to find it. And, yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll, we'll cool. put it out there, especially around the time that you need to see it. Okay, and then hopefully by the time this is out, you will yeah, have other releases. By the spring, we'll, we'll, we'll have announced the other some project. Other big news, and I'd expect to uh, see some dates before the end of the year for Ooh. for both projects. You know. Well, James, thanks for being here. Thank totally you for inspiring. Me. Okay, awesome. If you want to check out our online classes, visit anthonymindel.com/events. Thank you for listening.